And welcome back into the training camp spectacular. Jay Binkley, JT the man's here, and Dustman's up there trying to feverishly work on a uh, internet line. It's been raining all the time in St. Joe. So some of our equipment uh, went down over the weekend. So Dustman's been trying to uh, work with the Chiefs, get that thing fixed up. But in the meantime, I'm here to talk Chiefs with you with uh, my man JT. What's up, JT? Hey, man, glad you're here. I feel like uh, maybe this audience was getting tired of my voice. Probably a little shaky at the beginning, like getting thrown in there like a, a bit. I was like a pinch hitter getting thrown in the last second. Hey, you got to hit a grand slam here to win the game. I came on the air. I felt I felt like it was kind of fine. I was shaky talking at first, but like I said, I'm used to this. I had a radio station, even though it was only a college station at UCM, but this is a whole different story when you're in Kansas City talking to all these fans here. Getting thrown in the fire a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, but hey, that's the only way you got to learn. You got to learn. You got to you got to stay cool, calm, and collected when thrown into the fire. I think uh, I think we handled I handled myself pretty well. I was keeping Rob, you, and Dusty all in the loop, trying to figure out what what's best for what's the options best here. And Rob Rob being Rob was being really good at uh, telling me how he wanted things to go. Since he's the boss man this week, if you didn't know, because Speck is out of town on vacation. So yeah, that's what, what we what, did. Uh, shout it out this week. Yeah, right. Yeah, crazy. Um. Mike Dana, Jody Fortson, Chris Jones, of course, Ladrius Sneed, knee, Kadarius Tony, of course, with that knee out today. Charles Menahue has the calf, uh, will be suspended as soon as the season starts. Uh, cornerback Reese Taylor, a hamstring, and Jalen Watson, um, excused absence today. So, eh, we'll see what goes on with the Kansas City Chiefs today. Typical things, you're going to have these type of injuries and guys sitting out. The only big one has been uh, Nazi Johnson, but not practicing again. Legeria Sneed, Mike Dana, Kadarius Tony, Ty Scott, Jody Fortson, Chris Jones, of course. That's the group not practice, practicing the day for the Kansas City Chiefs. So gradually they start coming back. Got a game next weekend, next Sunday. So a week from tomorrow, first preseason game. I mean, it's on. But then they guess what? They got camp still till Thursday. So you got training camp still goes on, which always happens after the first preseason game. But they're ready to come back. It's been a long camp for the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's been all business for them, and hopefully uh, you've been up there to watch them. I think it's going to be record attendance this year. Record attendance because finally fans can come back after Super Bowl, unlike the first time. Right, and even with the bad weather, it's been really weird weather. I mean, you've got Cody and Gold feeling it. Now you have Dusty feeling it. The weather's been weird, but those fans have been showing out, showing up every time, and you know how depressed they get and upset they get when they got to move inside. Luckily, the Chiefs have been really hard on trying not to move inside because they know how the fans travel up to St. Joe to see them. And so I think it's been been awesome to see St. Joe living it up up there. And also, you know Andy Reid puts in the work in training camp. He puts the pads on and it makes them hit each other. So I think that's another thing that's awesome about the Chiefs training camp. Absolutely. 913-586-7610 J Southland Toe Service text line. It's also our phone number. 913-586-7610. Any chief concerns you have with training camp so far, uh, be happy to get you in today as we look at training camp, any kind of training camp questions that you might have. Uh, the NFL Top 100, we're down to the top 10 at this point, JT. Uh, Thursday, August 3rd, they went 20 through 11. Now we're looking at 1 through 10. That comes out Monday on NFL Plus. I don't know why they're doing this thing on NFL Plus. Uh, still doing it uh, on NFL.com and all that. Which, listen, I'm okay with NFL Plus. But I am tired, and I am tired of buying streaming services. I mean, ESPN Plus, NFL Plus. Now you're putting games over on Peacock from time to time. Okay, now you got Netflix. Now you got Amazon Prime. Now you got all this stuff. You got to hop in and out of it when you're watching games. Give me cable. And I still have the cable app. Like, I still have the Spectrum app. Why? It is easier to watch football games, JT. You can go back and forth between Big Ten Network and SEC Network. Really, in the Big 12, which needs their own network now uh, to be in the mix since they're going to be at 16 teams here when the dust settles in college football, which college football is changing. I think we all know that. But, hey. I am tired of apps, JT. I've told you this many times. Yeah, I know you are. And guess what? You get one less app probably now because the Pac-12 is gone. I would say, hey, you, you, if you're you're streaming Pac-12, I think you don't have to worry about that anymore. So there's one gone. That's but seven you, channels, brother. That is seven <laughs> channels. It's a, it's a lot. I know. And so 
I think the streaming services, that's where we're headed to. There's not, you have to have cable TV in a sense, but we're moving to a, an era where you're just going to have streaming services for all these games. And, but and at what point do those start to add up to what a cable service costs? Exactly. It's, 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 it's instrumentable. Like you got Nickelodeon, you don't get on cable. That's going to have the Super Bowl on it this year. So, I mean, well, it'll still be on over the years. Well, right, right, right. I'm just and saying. And I'll watch that one. I don't need to see the slime. Oh, you don't need to see the slime? No, not for the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Especially if the Chiefs are in it. Watch Andy Reid get slimed at the end. <laughs> I mean, that would be funny, but it's, it's something you watch in replay. Right, right. So, but the streaming services, they're getting out of hand. Like, you, we talked about this uh, earlier on this summer. Netflix is trying to get involved with the football. Like, they started the documentary, the quarterback, and they're seeing maybe if that'll help them evolve into getting live sports on Netflix. And so, all these streaming services are trying to get the live sports because that's, that's how you're going to bring in people to buy your streaming service if you have live sports on it. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. Yes, streaming services got out of control. Chiefs are in prime time all the time. It's going to be gather and watch for Kansas City Chiefs fans to watch this team. I'm telling you, it's a business-like approach. That's the whole thing that you can say about this training camp. I think it's been elevated for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Andy Reid knows exactly. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a pro, man. Ever since 2013, he runs this training camp. He knows where everything is, every timing is. He knows everything for this training camp. It seems elevated to me because guess what? Things aren't going to be easy for this team because they get the bullseye on their back that they've had the last couple of years. I know Herm Edwards said, oh, get the Chiefs repeat because you know, the, bull, the bullseye's been on their back. Every team in the AFC looks at the Chiefs saying, okay, they've been to five straight AFC title games. Bullseye's on their back. And you know what? The Bengals are going to start getting that too. Why? Because they've been in the last two AFC title games, including the Super Bowl. They're going to get theirs. They're going to get their share. Now, can they handle it or not? You're going to find out a lot about them. Now, last year, they started off slow, but ended up getting right back to where they were. And I think that's a product of Joe Burrow and having him on that team. Because all this nonsense about his Burrow, an elite quarterback, yeah, yes, 100% is. Does he throw picks at times? Yes. Let me say this. That team was terrible until Burrow got there. Now they're a relevant football team each and every year. And to me, they become the Kansas City Chiefs. Biggest rival. It's why I wanted to see them in week one, JT. I know the Lions are coming in. Lions had a fun season last year. Didn't make the playoffs, but had a fun offense last year. So the Lions and Chiefs to open things up. That's fine. But I mean, there's other juicy games on the schedule. The Bills, I don't, it's kind of lost its luster. I don't think we have the, the hatred towards the Bills because of the, the playoff uh, victories the Chiefs have had against them. Who cares about the regular season? And, of course, you get the Eagles. In that jam, and I'm sure the uh, Chiefs have a little something for the Eagles, too, with all their whining in the offseason about that field in Arizona, which the Chiefs will see in the preseason, get to see that field again, and they look terrible. That, that team's probably going to be number one on the clock, the Arizona Cardinals. But the Saints up next for the Chiefs in the preseason. But weeks 12 through 17, well, this team has less rest than any other opponent. They've got the Raiders twice in the span. You might say, well, it's just the Raiders. Who cares? Well, Mahomes is 16-0 on the road against the division. Those are good things. But the bottom line is they have the Bills in that mix. They've got the Bengals in that mix. So, yeah, Andy Reid's getting them uh, prepped, let's say, for weeks 12 through 17. And I think we all want to see the Chiefs just kind of put teams away. I mean, there's one good thing that they have. Remember how the Raiders would never win close games? They'd find a way to fumble the ball at the end or throw a pick or untimely penalty, or they just would lose games. The Chiefs win those games. They win those close games at the end, but I think we all sweat a lot of times through the season, but the Chiefs just keep getting it done because that's what they do. They've got that killer instinct where they just win these games and you have confidence they're going to win these. Doing the post-game show, I told people a couple years ago when they came back, well, they came back double digits in every game, that 2019 Super Bowl team. But down 24 to the Texans, once that text line was mad, mad as hell when it was 24-9, Chiefs come back and win. Then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, forget about it. This team could come back and do it. So you have that confidence. I gained that confidence after that game. Because once they did that, I'm like, okay, they've got this. And they'd fall down again in the playoffs. You're like, okay, they're going to come back and win this game. Fell down double digits to the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Came back and won the game. All right, confidence was set in that Texans game. So I think we all kind of have the confidence for the Kansas City Chiefs. But we will get tested. We'll be, get, we'll be tested. 316, going some Royals analysis. They're fun right now. This is a chief show. This is Chiefs training camp show. Um, Vern's got you covered on Vern's on deck show coming up later. But yes, the Kansas City Royals are a fun team to watch right now. I mean, look at who they're beating. Beat the first place twins, swept them, 
beat the Mets. That was a fun little rivalry between them. Mets had that uh, number one payroll in baseball, swept them. Then they, of course, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies that are in the playoffs as we speak right now. They were the number two seed going into last night's game in the wild card, and the Kansas City Royals beat them. So that was fun. We're going to take a timeout. Phone number once again, 913-586-7610. Same with Jay Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. Call in with any kind of Chiefs camp questions you have. I want to talk about this defense for just a minute, and should we be worried? Next. And welcome back to a little Chiefs training camp special. Running out of uh, weekend practices, JT. I think this is it. This Saturday, because no practice tomorrow. You have none next weekend because of the game next weekend. And then you got uh, four days during the week. So my suggestions always go a Tuesday, Wednesday, a Thursday. Days like that if they're practicing and not off. But you're right. They've opened sometimes indoors when it's raining. But they've always found a way to come back outside for the fans. Always, always. They always want to have fan interaction. They want to always have autographs. They hate going inside. They talk about it, not only just because of the fans and all that, but they also don't get the real field element. Like, we talk about it. Sometimes inside, there's those injury problems, and that's what happened early on this training camp already with some of the uh, players. So they like to stay outside on the, the grass and not go inside and mess around with the inside turf and all that. So this defense is, we've talked before, JT, we talked last week, we were in here for Fesco in the morning. Um, top 10 defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. You buying it or not? Like I said, I, I said it's going to be a more of a bend but don't break defense. I'm okay with that kind of defense. If it's not statistically a top 10, if it's top 15, I'm happy with that. As long as you're playing the bend but don't break where you're giving up only field goals and not touchdowns, then you're happy as, as an offense, a team like the Chiefs are with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. If you're giving up field goals, you're going to win the game. But three of the last four years, they've been a top 10 scoring defense. It's the only thing that matters how many points people are scoring. Like you say, bend but don't break. But I'm okay with that, except for the fact I want Mahomes on the field more. So you can bend, but you don't want to bend too much where it takes too much time. And a lot of teams are running on the Kansas City Chiefs, and that was the thing that got them. Teams controlling the clock. Because this is what they do when teams lost the, beat the Chiefs is because they're able to run the football a lot and take advantage of Chiefs' run defense. That wasn't so much the case last year. And you've got run stuffers at the linebacker core from this team. Nick Bolton's certainly that guy. Drew Tranquil's that guy. And then, of course, Willie Gay is that guy. And you got great coverage linebackers and you tranquil in Willie Gay as well. The defensive line. Though many of you being suspended, it makes it more pertinent you get Chris Jones. And you take that out of the equation, they still needed Chris Jones. Like, I'm not usually for paying those kind of guys, especially at 29 years old, because how good they're going to be at 32, 33 years old? How, I mean, how much, how serviceable they going to be? We've started to see a bit of a decline in Aaron Donald. Not a huge one, but you've seen a little bit. Chris Jones was just better than he was last year. I mean, that's statistical fact, and I know he missed games, but he was better than Aaron Donald last year. And the, we're talking about the top 10 the NFL uh, network puts out the players vote on. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones are going to be top 10. That just shows you the amount of respect they have. That's 30% right there. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how much respect they have. That's how much they've improved, and that's how much the league re- represents and I think respects all of those players and it shows how important Chris Jones is to this team and why everyone is knowing and stressing about getting a deal done with Chris Jones. Well, we know this, the, the offensive line has been a big priority for the chiefs. It was after that Super Bowl loss uh, to the Buccaneers and they resurrected it some ways. They mean, they drafted extremely well and they go out and get Joe Tooney for the interior part of the line. You draft Creed Humphrey that right now is the best center in the National Football League, and I know Kelsey kind of carrying that mantle for first-team All-AP. That will quickly change uh, with the respect that he's getting. Trey Smith starting to get his respect. Then you have Juwan. You could put a right tackle now, and you don't have to make that move to left, bring in Devontae Smith. It was a uh, just a surprise for the Chiefs that he was still out there. Had a rough year last year because of the injuries, but the guy did protect Tom Brady's uh, blind side, did win a ring uh, for the Buccaneers, so I think that's great. But they spent a lot of money on the defense. They spent a lot of picks on their defense. And I know the offense still slated a little bit heavier as far as the money spent because of Mahomes. And that's what's going to happen. And you got to win from some undrafted guys, some six-round guys, seventh-round guys, 
maybe even undrafted like Justin Ross for the Kansas City Chiefs. But seven out of ten picks two years ago on the defense, five out of seven picks in the draft on the defense, except for that Friday night when they go out and draft for She Rice and Juan A. Morris last year. The rest of it was defense. But here's the thing. Is this finally Mahomes' chance to have that defense? Mike Sando put out that list of, of quarterbacks. He tiered them. Remember, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Mahomes was at the top of the tier. But this is what Mike Sando said about Mahomes and how he kind of changed everything. And this is really about the Chiefs' defense and I think what we can expect. Between Mahomes at number one and everybody else. There almost should be a super category of one of one because because really Joe Burrow's one vote behind. But think of this, Colin. Let's just go bigger picture than who's in tier one now. Let's talk historical football. The legacy championship quarterbacks of you and my lifetimes. Okay. Joe Montana, amazing. But guess who allowed the fewest points in the 80s? The 49ers. Hall of Famers throughout the defense, right? Tom Brady. Great quarterback, great winner. Top 10 defenses all over the place when he was winning those championships. Patrick Mahomes can have a mid-defense at best, the worst special teams in the league. He can high ankle sprain himself, and he can put it on his back and win the Super Bowl. I'm not huge on hyperbole. Usually I'm the trying to be the voice of reason here with 26 years of covering the league, but we can't find this. Yeah. Right? You can't find this. It's it's really remarkable. So I think he's in a whole nother league of being able to do this without the defense, without things being right. They get rid of Tyreek Hill. They're better statistically on offense. <laughs> Who does this? Get that in just a second. But right there, talk about Joe Montana and the great defenses he had. Josh Allen's had a top 10 defense. Buffalo's defense was still good last year statistically, but it, what do they have the proof for it? Cincinnati's defense has been better. The Chiefs last year were 16th in scoring defense. That's going to be better. They were 12th in total defense, which they haven't been that high in the last five years since Mahomes has been starter. 11th in yards against. Can they be top 10? 100%. But you need Chris Jones to be top 10. Like, you need that guy. And as Herm Edwards used to say, you pay a guy when his arrow's going forward. You don't when his arrow's going sideways or when it's going down. Chris Jones' arrow's still going up. In my opinion, it still is. That guy is such a catalyst for what this defense is. He is the identity of what this defense is. It is the guy that can play inside and outside. It's a big reason why they brought him in Hugh, into the Chiefs this year because he played inside and outside. And I know they're going to be without him for six games. That's why they need Chris Jones back for this team. But I like the defensive line when everybody's healthy, when everybody's back and looking good. In the pass rush, I'm not worried about it. I wasn't worried about it last year. I didn't think they'd finish second in the NFL. 55 sacks, which was a 24-sack increase from the year before. Wasn't expecting that, but they ended up second in the NFL, only behind the Eagles, but they led the NFL in quarterback hits. Why'd they do it? It wasn't just from the edge. It was blitzing safeties, blitzing corners, blitzing all different directions. Jerry Sneed was blitzing a lot, left a couple sacks out on the table. That's what this team does. They do it by committee. Nick Bolton gets the timely sack. He's not going to get you know five sacks. It's not going to happen. They did bring in Drew Tranquil, who ended up with five sacks last year, which is pretty impressive. Shows the kind of pass rusher he is. But this team likes blitzing from the secondary. Nobody blitzes more than Steve Spagnola from the secondary. So what the Chiefs do, it's how they draft. Look at Shamari Connor that they bring in from Virginia Tech is going to be a four-phaser on special teams because he does everything. He shuts down the tight ends, played safety, played corner, and he led Virginia Tech in sacks back in 2019. Defensive backs don't do that. They don't lead a team in sacks. But this team, this is the best defense that Mahomes has had going forward. The best defense he's had. I know they need to improve on the scoring defense, which I think they will. But remember that year is the, well, what is rookie years? First, that was that year he got one start against the Broncos. But the year he started every game, remember how bad that defense was? They'd score 50 points twice and lost games. Hey, that was Tech's Tech Pat. And what I mean by that is every time he's on the field, the other team scores, he's got to score again. Tech's Tech Pat. You don't want to see him do that. You don't want this defense, I do believe, is where they've got they put all their concentration on this defense, especially the defensive backfield. You get Jalen Watson still in a rookie contract in year two. Josh Williams, same way. That was the fab five they had. Nazi Johnson's hurt. Played some special teams with them, but he's down now. So you're not going to see him this year. 
And then you had uh, Jalen Watson, seventh-round pick, got three interceptions for you, two in the postseason, and won the regular season, turned into a touchdown that beat the Chargers. And then, of course, you got Trey McDuffie, rookie contract. You got that fifth-year option now with him. So they've worked on the secondary. You got to have a good secondary to stop good quarterbacks in the NFL. You've got to have that mark. They've got that mark. And Steve Spagnuolo has even said, when he was talking about this defense, he called them light years ahead. They're like light years ahead. And they feel it, and it's different, and they're confident. And the first day we went out there for a walkthrough, the communication and the talk. Now, I'm including Justin reading that because last year was, was all new for him, too, even though he was a vet. Uh, the system was new. And those guys just, from a verbal and uh, being kind of tied into that standpoint, they were just they were just jealous. He was talking about the secondary light years ahead. I'll tell you this much. Justin Reed's popping some people. And Brian Cook is popping some people. They're hitting. And you like to see that these safeties are hitting. I like the way the secondary's built, and they have to be because the elite quarterbacks in the AFC. It's ridiculous how good the quarterbacks are in, in, the, in the AFC. So they got this part down. They can get to the quarterback because they manufacture it. It's that versatility that Steve Spagnuolo preaches. Okay, they've built the offensive line. To me, next year's draft, and I've been saying this for a while, we'll see they've been getting by, so it didn't matter. Not complaining at all. I'm just saying I think it will be, all right, we'll see what wide receiver you can get in the first round or what tight end you can get in the first round because this last year's class of tight ends, ridiculous. They're all doing ridiculous things. Even a guy like Darnell Washington, the second tight end in Georgia, is killing it for the Steelers running first-team reps. They're all doing Musgrave. All of them are doing great things. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, that defense is going to be spectacular. I think the back end is going to be great. Uh, linebackers, I've always said, I think is going to be the key. Willie Gay, Nick Bone, and you got Drew Tranquil out there. I think that's going to be a great uh, trio right there whenever you play it. And they all can do different things. And I, like we said, most of them, all of them especially, can really do pass coverage. And so that's huge when you play against good quarterbacks. And they got speed. That's the thing. Because then you can maybe put them in a zone, and then they can also be in like that quarterback spy if they need to be for those mobile quarterbacks so these linebackers are fast and they know how to play in the pass game so you're not taking them off when it's a third the down ridiculous in pass yeah. coverage. i mean it's willie gate came out as the best coverage linebacker in the draft when he was drafted exactly and so these these guys know how to stay on the they can play on the field on third down and long and you don't have to worry about it and we talked about rookies Brian Cook is a rookie, and I think he's going to have a really good year this year. Well, second year. Second year, my bad. Yeah, second year. But still, like, he's going to be uh, coming out there uh, with Edwards and uh, Reed, and I think he's going to be a great uh, trio out there as well. So I think this, the back of the defense is going to be great. It's now we just got to figure out the defensive line with Chris Jones and all these injuries coming up, and now the suspension of a Minihu. What's going to happen with that defensive line? 50 grand a day. Now, the new CBA says they can't uh... – just take that away. Like usually they're just able to write it off. Like they can is 97 or 98 K he owns uh, from the mandatory mini camp, but starts adding up to where if you get to a mill, it's like, okay, the chief's going to, because now that's costing the chief's money. Are you going to put that mill back on the books? That's the question. I, I thought this would be done. And I, clearly the momentum swung towards Chris Jones. When you want to play the, the game of momentum, it swung towards him when, uh, Omenihu gets a six-game suspension. Oh, for sure. When you have someone go and with all the injuries happening, Dana's still out. But like when Omenihu gets that suspension, now now it's like okay, man, this 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 is where the chess has been played at for Jones. And not saying he knew about it, but it's working in his favor because he's staying off the field, not getting injured. Now you have Omenihu with the suspension and other defensive linemen getting injured. Now it's working in his favor where he's he's in the, he's got the ball in his court. Now what are they going to do with the ball, and how are they going to pressure the Chiefs into giving a contract up? See, to me, Chris Jones is two players. It's two for one. And I say this because it'll free up over $10 million. There's your Carlos Dunlap. You get Chris Jones in the fold, then you get Carlos Dunlap. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Bring him back. He was fine with the Chiefs last year, understood the defense. The guy's a pro's pro. You get two players back on the defensive line with Chris Jones. So get him back in camp. Get your first preseason game. I don't care about the preseason, really. But get him acclimated, get him back practicing. And I know they're working out and doing things. And Chris Jones looked like he's, quote, in the best shape of his life. That's fine. It's still not football shape, man. It's still not going out there and getting hit and being hit. So it's different. It's just different. Yeah, you can lift weights. You can run. You can do all these different things. But unless you're taking hits, it's a little bit different, JT. It's totally different. You can say you're in shape and you're doing all this stuff, but the difference is you're not getting hit 
and you're not taking on hits. You're not doing blocking against a real human being that is in, in the NFL. So, yeah, you could be working out and doing all this, and that's great. You're staying in body shape, but you're quote-unquote, in perfect shape and great shape is great. You just have to be ready for football time, and there's a difference being in the gym and then being on the field. There's a difference with that because there's a different mindset, mentality when you're doing that thing. So, yeah, you could be in great body shape, but are you in football ready to play shape where you can take on these hits, get around blocks. It's more about the scheme and the technician and techniques you're going to use. That's where it's going to be hard to use those off the field when you're holding out at training camp. So does everybody feel the same way about this defense I do? Because I'm really pumped about this defense. I'm excited about it. And I'm willing to say it because last year I wasn't worried about the sack totals because I figured they'd find a way to do it. This year, honestly, on paper, this is the best defense I've seen with Patrick Mahomes. And that excites me. Get yeah. off the field. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I I, I will say I think it's gonna be the probably the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had in his era so far. And it's exciting for him just because we know what he can do when he has a bad defense. Now what are they gonna do when they have a good defense? And the thing is is Cody and uh, Cody or excuse me, Gold yesterday was with Dusty on Cody and Gold and they were talking about prop bets and stuff. My thing about the Patrick Mahomes prop bet about his over yards and TDs is if this defense is so good, maybe Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing the ball as much and they're running the ball and trying to kill the clock because now you now you have a great defense and also now you have three running backs that everyone's so high on. You have a fourth one as Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So how will the offense change for the defense? Will the offense now play more of a not gunslinger mentality and take it a little slow and run the ball a little more? Or will they keep the offense open-minded even if the defense is playing out of their minds? I don't know. I, I just like to see it improved. And you've got to be able to capitalize on that. You go back to 2021, guess who had the number one defense in the NFL? Any guesses from you? I know I just covered it. I'm sure you know it. Number one defense in 2021, two seasons ago. Two seasons ago? Wasn't that the 49ers? Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Oh, um, duh, Buffalo Bills because of 13 seconds. This past year, um, they were uh, sixth, the Buffalo Bills. Scoring defense, points a game, which is the one that matters. 49ers led the way at 16.3 points. Bills at uh, 17.9. And then there's the Chiefs mixed in at 16, giving up 21 points. I'm telling you, man, you keep teams under 20. I mean, it doesn't matter with the Chiefs. They're going to outscore you anyway. They're going to find a way to outscore you. But you start keeping teams around that 17-point plateau, just think just think about Mahomes. You say, right, just get us 18 points, 9 points. Easy, man. This guy can do that in his sleep. Oh yeah, he'll have he'll have 18 points most of the time before halftime. So that right there, if your defense is holding them under 20, is beautiful when you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the boys out there. So yeah, if you if Patrick Mahomes goes, hey, can you just keep them under 18, and they keep them under 18, Patrick Mahomes is going to have the game won by halftime almost every time. From the uh, J Southland Toe Service text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten from the eight one six, truly believe with the youth developing in this defense that after this year. If Jones leaves, we can either draft or find a serviceable replacement and development will wake up for we lost in Jones. Some guys, you just can't replace that easily. You want to, but to say you're the best in the NFL at what you're doing, that's tough. Because everybody in the NFL has got a ton of talent. they got a ton of skill. And somebody like that, it's just like saying, okay, can you replace Kelsey? And I know I'm using the greatest tight end of all time. Can you replace Mahomes? They're not easy to replace. Like Creed Humphrey at center. That's a tough one to replace. You yeah. know, Trey Smith, the guard's a tough one to replace. Chris Jones, to find that kind of versatility, they can play inside and outside and be a, uh, just a human wrecking machine and to be basically considered the best defensive tackle in football, not easy. I understand get replacements, several guys, that's fine, but you're not replacing him at this point. Right, and defensive line is one of the toughest ones, especially the interior defense to replace and Chris Jones, like we've talked about, is probably is right now probably the best defense interior defense alignment in the NFL. And I'm including Aaron Donald in this. I think he's now moved ahead of Aaron Donald on that list. And those are two guys you can't replace. Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. You didn't see the Rams let Aaron Donald walk, so why would the Chiefs want to see Chris Jones walk? I still think it's about the years. Chris Jones probably wants four years. The Chiefs only want to give him three. That's where the problem is right now. Everything else is right on the table. You know the slot between Quentin Williams and with Aaron Donald. I mean, you know the slot. If he wants Aaron Donald money, at this point, I believe he's better. And Aaron Donald finished, what, 11th in the NFL top 100? Jones being top 10. 
yeah, Jones would probably be, I would say, probably top eight. And I, I get where he's coming from. He wants that fourth year, and the Chiefs are like, you know what? We're not trying to give you that fourth year. So it's just gonna, it's gonna be, it'll be weird to see if Chris Jones just finally gives in, or will the Chiefs give in? Right now, it's like a tug of war, and it's it's at a dead stalemate right now. It is from the text line as well. This one coming in from the eight one six. Hey, Bank, seeing if I can get a shout out to my seven year old and two year old in the car. Don't know if that two year old's gonna remember this. Seven year old's gonna be eh, tough. Uh, with you talking about camp, Meadow and by Mylenia. I, am I saying the name right? M a y l i l a n a. Melania. Melania. I was thinking Melania. That would be awesome. Well, shout out to you guys. Hundred percent shout out to you guys, because that's what we do on the show, and we'd love to hear from you as well. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten is J Southland Tow Service text line. And the phone number as well. So you're on with me. This defense has gotten to the point now, but eventually you're going to have to address the offense. We'll see what the, we'll see what the receivers could do. They can make their mark. At the end of the year, you can say, oh, man, Richie James, he really started to show us something with the Giants when he had a breakout year. Uh, he's still undersized, which is – Chiefs have a lot of that. Now, I get excited about the Justin Ross type guys at 6'4". You think you bring in Rasheed Rice, it's over six foot because that's a, kind of that Sammy Watkins type mold with them. So I get it, but yeah, Richard James goes out and has a good year. Well, EBS has a good year. You're expecting that. Um, I think we want to see Tony, and that was the biggest thing with the injury because to me, he had the biggest question mark of all receivers. The most potential, but the most question marks. Yeah, and when people go, oh, well, we don't know these names about these wide receivers and we don't know what they're going to do, my, my first instinct or thought is, well, when the Patriots were in their dynasty, you really didn't know much about their wide receivers. There was a lot of no-name wide receivers that would come in and do work because Tom Brady would make them better. Patrick Mahomes is like Tom Brady right now. Can he make these uh, no-name wide receivers or people outside of Kansas City that don't know these receivers well, can they make them better? And that's the thing where I think he will. And Justin Ross, before his injury, was really good. He had – I saw a stat yesterday uh, from Sam uh, – from on Twitter. It was that Ross had 86 less receptions – than T Higgins at Clemson and had more yards than T Higgins. That's how good Justin Ross was in college. He just got injured and hasn't been able to play in the NFL. I think he will be a prime star for the Chiefs this season. It is probably hurting the four six four forty because of that foot. You have to get that foot again. Health concerns. Can you you know put a season together and be viable? Can these get? Can Sky Moore, which we've seen a lot of, <laughs> Sky Moore's gotten better, man. Like he was. I love the pick by the Chiefs. I actually had Sky Moore in the first round, and then obviously the growing pains of the NFL started to get better as the year went on. We started to kind of understand the offense. And he's never a punt returner, but in the postseason when he was asked to do it. He did it. He was asked to do it. But Sky Moore, has gotten—I know you don't want to hear—he's gotten stronger. Whatever he has, stronger, faster, quicker. He runs great routes. He's got exceptional hands. Again, biggest hands in the draft coming out when Sky Moore came out. I'm expecting production from him. Rasheed Rice. I'm I'm expecting. More on his plate than Sky Moore saw the year before. Because when Sky Moore comes, it's like, oh, here's Juju, here's MBS, these are the new toys for the Chiefs. Just Tyreek's gone, but went out and got two veteran wide receivers. Okay, well, Juju's gone. So now the only additions you really had this year was Richie James and then the draft, Rasheed Rice. You didn't get Odell Beckham, you didn't get DeAndre Hopkins, Rasheed Rice is your toy, which again, 96 catches last year at SMU. Number two on that team was 37 catches. Number three on that team was 28. Hence, he did everything catching the football. So I have a lot of expectations for him, and I think the Chiefs do too because he fits something they really don't have. The tough guy mentality because the, <laughs> the guy's a workout warrior, man. Let's put it that way. But he's tough like Sammy Walker. Don't forget how tough that guy was. And I'll go back to what 2019 with this team, JT. His first six games, they had six leading different receivers, six of them. Sammy Watkins with that 198 in week one. Remember that, the Jags? But they had six different leading receivers, and then it became all Hill and Kelsey beyond that. I expect a lot of the same with the Chiefs this year. Yeah, and I want to go back to the Sky Moore thing. I think Sky Moore, at the end of the season last year into the playoffs when he was returning punts, I think was a huge show of what Tony was doing. Because Tony, I think, was teaching Sky Moore, hey, how to field the punt, how to 
read the punt coverage and stuff. And I think Sky Moore took his lessons and learned from him because you saw Sky Moore take more of a consistent basis, look at the ball, made a better catch, and made more precise decisions when returning punts. So I think Tony helped him out in that. And I think Sky Moore, I'm not saying he's going to ever be the widget and fast twitch like Tony, but I think Sky Moore can do similar things that Tony can do in space because of the size they are. They're both small. And I, I like I said, Tony's obviously faster and has more movement to his legs, but I think Sky Moore can do some tricky little things with his feet and get around some defenders and be a gadget player for the Chiefs, just like Tony will be as well. And like you said, Rashid Rice is going to be that deep ball with MVS. Those guys are going to run all the way. They're just going to say, go do the go route, go deep. And like Rice said in one of his interviews, you don't turn around to look for the ball. You look with your head up and keep running so you see the ball in your hands. So I think they're going to use Rice as a deep ball threat with MVS. And then you're going to have Sky and Tony when Tony comes back underneath. And then you're also going to have Richie James doing everything else with Travis Kelsey in the middle part of the field. We'll see what they can do. Would I want a, a true number one or number two? Yeah, that's what I want. But eventually, they're going to get that. We don't know. What we do know is you'll see Rich James probably on punt returns this year, and you'll see some Daneric Prince on kick returns this year. I'm excited about Daneric Prince. I know people are like, "Well, Clyde's uh, looking good and showing so well. Who's, how's he going to get the ball? Because he's going to be showcased in preseason, I do believe. But then you got McKinnon, then you've got Prince, then you got Pacheco. How's he going to get? And I do believe Pacheco will be fine once the regular season starts. But he's catching everything. And keep in mind, as we talked about, he had what? Zero, seven, five, and nine catches at Tulsa. He, Denerick Prince did not catch the ball, but he's catching everything at camp, meaning the Chiefs development said, okay, this guy can catch the football. He did at Tulsa because they didn't throw it to him, which I don't still understand, but the Chiefs will. Yeah, the Chiefs love to use their running backs as like wide receivers with the screen game. And so you have to have be able to catch the ball. And the way they're talking is Prince is going to catch the ball and he's really good with his hands. So I think you're going to see him in the backfield, maybe on third downs, getting the ball with McKinnon. And so that'll be interesting to see what they do with Prince right there. But I'm I'm really interested to see my thing with Prince is can he develop into the blocking back? Because that's what McKinnon is known for is his blocking. That's why he's on the field for third down. So if Prince can develop into the blocking back like McKinnon, then he's going to get those reps like McKinnon is getting when we probably let McKinnon go at the end of this season. Well, that 2019 team, that was Mahomes' first uh, Super Bowl win. Chiefs uh, second as a franchise. Remember how I said the six different receivers? Week one was Watkins with 198. Week two, Demarcus Robinson. Remember him? 172. Week three, McCole Hardman, 97. Week four, Kelsey with 85. Week six, Byron Pringle. Mr. Undrafted Kansas State star himself to 103. Then you get Tyreek Hill coming in at number six with 80. Then it was Hill, 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 Hill. Kelsey, 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 Hill for the rest of the regular season. So once they started settling in. But if you watch the quarterback series, what was one of Mahomes' biggest um, – issues early on in the season. Wasn't on the same page as receivers. Like, this is something you want to see. And I'll credit the Chiefs for having the camp pad down there. That helps these receivers get acclimated to and what Patrick Mahomes is. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Do I want... I was arguing with somebody the other day about Peyton Manning or Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts. These guys, do you consider them a lead or not? And you look at the talent. You look at, like, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown in Philly with Jalen Hurts. Can you say they ride receivers are better than the Chiefs? Yeah. You look at T. Higgins and Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow. That's fine. But then you look at Peyton Manning when he's with Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Now, Harrison's already in the Hall of Fame. Reggie Wayne will be. And then you have a tight end, Dallas Clark. So, yes, talent around these guys, we're going to say they're no good just because they had talent all around them? No, we can't say that. But I know I had my quarterback tears that I gave out earlier this week. We'll do that again. But coming up next, some prop bets that aren't the over-unders on where you throw the ball, how many yards you get. Just some Team Chiefs prop bets from FanDuel. Go over those next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens, live from Chiefs Training Camp on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Dispatch, this is Mindy. Ignition, plumbing, heating, and cooling. You know, you don't have to put off fixing plumbing problems in your home anymore. I mean, you could just ignore that clogged drain or visit missionphc.com to take care of your plumbing problems. Mission Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. License 202058. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. 
Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked! And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. When you're about to pop the real question to a lady you think is the real deal, don't screw it up with a ring that is anything but. This is Jean at House of Diamonds. Look, you know she wants and deserves a one-of-a-kind custom ring. Real custom means that it was designed for her, handcrafted for her, and finished for her and only for her. Picking a ring from a collection and then choosing options from a list isn't real custom. At House of Diamonds, your original one-of-a-kind custom ring is 100% designed, crafted, and finished right here in our shop, just for her. Oh, and you won't find any lab-grown love at House of Diamonds. Her timeless, real, natural diamond will be from our collection of the top 5% in each grade. Guys, you only get one chance to get this right. You don't get three strikes, and there is no replay official. Come see me, Gene, at House of Diamonds, House of Diamonds, on the southeast corner of College and Quivira. Hey, it's Karen Harrison from The Drive here. I don't know about you guys, but when I get off work, you know what I'm looking to do? I'm looking to go grab myself something to eat. I want to sit down and have a nice drink, and I want to be somewhere where I can watch the game. And now that it's summertime, you know I want to be out on the patio. I want to be maxing and relaxing chilling outside well you can do that at the other place they have an amazing patio great drink specials amazing happy hour specials go stop by any of the locations shawnee olathan downtown Evelyn park for all your summer fun be sure to stop by the other place this is an important notice to all u.s taxpayers the irs is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the fresh start initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers this initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-920-4487. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-920-4487. The 610 Sports Radio phone line is brought to you by Under Law Injury Lawyers. Visit GetJim.com. Hey fans, this is Mike Sweeney, and you're listening to the home of the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, welcome back to the Chiefs training camp special. Got a game next weekend. Let's go. Let's get this thing on. Jay Binkley with uh, my man JT. Dusty had some equipment issues up there because it's rained all the time in St. Joe. We will talk to Dustman, the Dirty Werewolf, in just a little bit. But the press conferences are going on now. Speaking of big hits, Justin Reed, a big hitter. Let's go to Justin Reed at St. Joe. Before, but how, how uh, complicated was it to learn for you? But also, now that you're a year into it, how easy is it for you now? Oh, yeah, night and day from training camp last year to this year, just night and day on just the speed of play. Um, not out there thinking, just out there playing. Uh, know what all the responsibilities are, know what my teammates are doing, help get, help get guys organized, just go out on the field and play. Uh, definitely a little bit of a learning curve to it. You know, some of the young guys and some of the new players are feeling that a little bit. Um, but we have such a close-knit locker room that, like, our room is all about helping each other learn it faster. So guys ask questions, we answer them, we try and pull guys along as fast as we can. Um, and just through as many reps as we get out here on the practice field, uh, they'll get better at it as time goes on. Are you seeing a lot more from your teammates that were on the, a lot of, from the rookies that were on the last year, are you seeing a lot more confidence in them when it comes to A whole lot, a whole lot. I mean, across the board. I mean, we watched the film from this time last year to right now, especially with the first team group, just not nearly as many busts. Windows are tight. You know, I know like um, previous training camps used to be that, you know, if the offense wasn't scoring a lot of points that it used to be because maybe the offense had a bad day. But this year, the defense is playing well too. 
You know what I mean? So we're trying to make it hard on our offense. We give them a lot of looks. They give us a lot of looks. And it's competitive and it's back and forth every day. How much do you think being able to go against Mahomes and Kelsey prepares you maybe better than anyone? Oh, there's, there's, no, there's no better preparation. I mean, we're going against the best offense in the NFL every day, day in and day out. We're getting their best shot. We're giving them our best shot. Um, me getting to have man coverage against Kelsey every day, I mean, shoot, I feel like the game should be easy, you know, going against a Hall of Famer like that. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, we're competitive. We all work on each other, try and get each other better, show each other where we might have uh, made an error at. Like sometimes I coach him up, hey, you know, I did this. You probably could have did this. He lets me know, hey, I did this. You probably should have did that. And, you know, we get better from it. You said you wanted to battle through Franklin and Chess. That has occurred. What, yeah, what be careful happened? what you wish for. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. He's 2-0 on me. What happened? Uh, man, the guy's a solid player, man. So he's a solid player. Uh, I was a little bit aggressive in the opening, you know, try to take advantage of him, and he was able to counter me, win some pieces, and uh, just hold out until the end. So he's a good player. What does that do for you guys? Considering he's a newcomer, and obviously this is your second year on the roster. Well, the cool thing about St. Joe's is, you know, you know, you come out and you're away from your family and everything, and that's always tough. But the nice thing about being with the team is everybody's in the same place at the same time all day. You know, we eat breakfast together, we eat lunch together, we eat dinner together. Um, we get to hang out together, you get to know your teammates. Um, I know a lot more guys on this team from being here in St. Joe's, being around each other, than I did in Houston just because you spend so much time together. You know, it's almost like college-esque in the, in the way that you just hang out with your guys and you have fun. I mean, there's a, there's a rock, paper, scissors competition going around the locker room yesterday. You know, so it's just guys just like to have fun. At this point of your career, what do you hope to get out of preseason games? Um, man, the, the, the biggest thing is, one, to just make sure you're sharp. You want to get out there. You want to. You don't want your first play on a live game, live tackling to be actually the first game of the season. I believe, and you want to at least have a drive um, somewhere in each game, so that way you can get ready, mentally prepare, get your pregame process right on what your routine is going to be that year with whatever you need to work on. And then secondly, it's just helping the young players and new players um, go out there and have fun and ball because you know a lot of those guys aren't just playing for us; they're playing for every team in the league that's watching, and you want to help them go out and have a good performance too. Oh, um, you know, funny you said that. So my rookie year, the first game I played preseason was right here in Kansas City at Arrowhead, and the first guy I guarded was Travis Kelsey, and he caught like a 12-yard, 14-yard curl on me. Uh, I always remember that, you know. So, um, you know, rookie year is all about, you know, proving yourself to the team, showing the team what you have, the playbook. It's going to be very simple on game day. It's going to be very generic across the board. Um, you just want guys to go out and play fast and see what they can do, you know, in a live setting. So um, the difference now is, you know, you know you're going to be starting. You want to make sure you're getting into the health, and you want to make sure your routines are right and that you're ready to go. Hey, Jeff, do you sense a different swagger from the defense this year? You had so many first-year players last year, and this is a really good offense you're going against every day. Yeah, do, you, do you sense that? Out yeah, here? absolutely. Guys are just confident, man. Like, we're, we're hard on each other as far as, like, the level of execution that we know we need to be to be a high caliber defense. You know, we got a, a great leader in Nick um, leading the middle of the fort in the field, making all the calls, getting guys in the right positions. And then we got guys that buy into SPAG system and play the defense well. We got Leo a little bit earlier. What's your take on how he's progressed year to year? Oh, yeah. Leo, Leo's probably the, the most swole linebacker I've ever met in my life. <laughs> you know, a guy looks like he eats bench plates for breakfast. You know, but um, he's been developing well. He moves around in our playbook. He's able to play all the linebacker positions. Um, guys are stuck. probably one of our best get hands on guys, people as far as stoning guys at the line and really being disruptive, um, getting up in the gap. So he's a developing player that's playing really well right now. Yeah, I just wanted to talk for you to talk about the success of your summer uh, tech camp and what you hope the youth the youth get from got from. Oh yeah, so um, really excited about that. It was our first season doing it. Um, had about 20 kids come in, do computer science programs, some cybersecurity stuff, um, and you know there's hidden messages in the way that we organize it, and that we want to only we not only want to teach computer science because we think that that's a skill, but the hidden the hidden skills that we're teaching is we slip in some entrepreneur. Um, business model stuff about money management and things like that to help them with just life skills. And also, the big reason why I like computer science so much is it develops problem-solving skills because everyone likes to hire somebody that knows how to solve problems, you know, not just complain about problems but can solve problems themselves. And computer science has um, gets kids thinking in an analytical way 
to systematically approach problems and try a new skill that they haven't tried before to kind of boost their confidence and trying something they haven't done before. That's the reason why I like doing it. It doesn't matter if the kids actually end up majoring in computer science or not, but they develop some skills and develop some confidence in learning new things along the way. And we like to have entrepreneurs also come in and speak about how what they're learning in this class, if they do go this route, could translate directly into a career field down the road. So um, we learned a lot ourselves running it for the first time. We're going to incorporate some new things and continue to build it and um, you know, try and help as many kids as possible. With all of the conference realignment talk going on, are you guys talking about it around the, the dorms and the locker room? The conference realignment? Pac-12 is getting destroyed right now. Oh, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know where they're going to go. Uh, feels like, I feel like it's going to end up being a four-conference team. they got four playoff teams. Maybe they push it to eight down the road, but I feel like it's going to be a four-conference team, four playoffs, probably similar to the NFL. Two divisions of north and south or east and west. And you know, you're just battling for those four spots. It's probably the way that I see it going. So it's just wondering how things are going to end up getting split between um, Pac-12, Big Ten, um, Big 12, ACC. Pac-12 conference will probably be a lot of Big Ten and Big 12. Uh, maybe Stanford goes independent like Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is technically ACC now when it comes to football. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the wild, wild west. Do you have any wish for Stanford? Just a win. <laughs> just a win. <laughs> Um, lastly, Justin, I don't know if you saw, but it, it appeared that Patrick threw a behind-the-back pass in the one of the 10-10-10 periods. Uh, yeah. Vegas, did you see it? And I didn't see it, but it doesn't surprise me. You know, he slips in. He slips in new stuff all the time. You know, I saw him pregame warm. He was trying a, a cross-body left-handed throw. You know, so you know he keeps it fun and tries new things. All right, thanks, Justin. Yep, appreciate you guys. There you go. That's uh, safety, Justin Reed. Product of Stanford, by the way. Talking about the uh, Pac-12 getting rated. Four teams left in the Pac-12. Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and uh, Washington State. So he uh, he chimed in on that just a little bit. Uh, I wish the Big 12 would have taken a look at Stanford, uh, to be quite honest with you. But uh, talks about Mahomes and the behind-the-back pass, which I do believe we'll see. We can't go gamble on that. We can't go bet on that. But I think we'll see it this year. They practice away too much. We'll see it this year. Dustman. We should get a hold of next hour, JT. He's been back and forth. He's got that new line. So we, we don't know 100%, do we? Do not know, but we're hoping to get him in for the last hour of his own show. We'll see, yeah. though. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was Justin Reed live up at St. Uh, Joe at training camp. Take a time out. Our phone number, 913-586-7610. I'll get in those prop bets, and hopefully we get the desk man joining us next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens, live from 